Read the Bible every day so you'll be full of faith. Welcome you to join Bible Links to read the entire Bible in two years. I believe God will bless you, He will lift you up, and your life will never be the same. Exodus chapter 13 The Lord said to Moses, Consecrate to me all the firstborn, whatever is the first to open the womb among the people of Israel, both of man and of beast, is mine. Then Moses said to the people, Remember this day in which you came out from Egypt, out of the house of slavery, for by a strong hand the Lord brought you out from this place. No leavened bread shall be eaten. Today in the month of Abib you are going out, and when the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Hevites, and the Jebusites, which he swore to your fathers to give you, a land flowing with milk and honey, you shall keep this service in this month. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread, and on the seventh day there shall be a feast to the Lord. Unleavened bread shall be eaten for seven days. No leavened bread shall be seen with you, and no leaven shall be seen with you in all your territory. You shall tell your son on that day, It is because of what the Lord did for me when I came out of Egypt, and it shall be to you as a sign on your hand and as a memorial between your eyes that the law of the Lord may be in your mouth. For with a strong hand the Lord has brought you out of Egypt. You shall therefore keep this statute as its appointed time from year to year. When the Lord brings you into the land of Canaanites, as he swore to you and your fathers, and shall give it to you, you shall set apart to the Lord all that first opens the womb. All the firstborn of your animals that are males shall be the Lord's. Every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb, or if you will not redeem it, you shall break its neck. Every firstborn of man among your sons you shall be redeemed. And when in time to come your son asks you, What does this mean? You shall say to him, By a strong hand the Lord brought us out of Egypt from the house of slavery. For when Pharaoh stubbornly refused to let us go, the Lord killed all the firstborns in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of animals. Therefore I sacrificed to the Lord all the males that first opened the womb. But all the firstborn of my sons I redeem. It shall be as a mark on your hand, or frontlets between your eyes. For by a strong hand the Lord brought us out of Egypt. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by the way of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, Lest the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. But God led the people around by the way of the wilderness, towards the Red Sea. And the people of Israel went up out of the land of Egypt equipped for battle. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for Joseph had made the sons of Israel solemnly swear, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones with you from here. And they moved on from Succoth, and encamped at Etham, on the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them, by day in a pillar of the cloud to lead them along the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, that they might travel by day and by night. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from before the people. Exodus chapter 14 Then the Lord said to Moses, 
Tell the people of Israel to turn back and encamp in front of Pi Haharoth, between Migdol and the sea, in front of Baal Zephon. You shall encamp facing it by the sea. For Pharaoh will say to the people of Israel, They are wandering in the land. The wilderness has shut them in, and I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue them, and I will get glory over Pharaoh and all his hosts, and the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. And they did so. When the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, the mind of Pharaoh and his servants was changed toward the people, and they said, What is this we have done, that we have let Israel go from serving us? So he made ready his chariot and took his army with him, and took six hundred chosen chariots and all the other chariots of Egypt with officers over all of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And he pursued the people of Israel, while the people of Israel were going out defiantly. The Egyptians pursued them, all Pharaoh's horses and chariots and all his horsemen and his army, and overtook them, encamped at the sea by pi ha in front of Baal-Zephon. When Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they feared greatly. And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord, they said to Moses, Is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us in bringing us out of Egypt? Is not this what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians, for it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, Fear not. Stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. The Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea, and divide it, that the people of Israel may go through the sea on dry ground. And I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, so that it shall go in after them, and I will get glory of Pharaoh, and all his hosts, his chariots, and his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord, when I have gone glory over Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. Then the angel of God who was going before the host of Israel moved and went behind them, and the pillar of cloud moved from before them and stood behind them coming between the hosts of Egypt and the host of Israel. And there was the cloud and the darkness, and it lit up the night without one coming near the other all night. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord drove the sea back by a strong east wind all night and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. And the people of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground, the waters being a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. The Egyptians pursued and went in after them into the midst of the sea, all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. And in the morning watched the Lord in the pillar of fire and of cloud looked down on the Egyptian forces and threw the Egyptian forces into a panic, clogging their chariot wheels so that they drove heavily and the Egyptians said, Let us flee from before Israel, for the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. Then the Lord said to Moses, 
Stretch out your hand over the sea, that the water may come back upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots, and upon their horsemen. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to its normal course when the morning appeared. And as the Egyptians fled into it, the Lord threw the Egyptians into the midst of the sea. The waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen, and all the hosts of Pharaoh that had followed them into the sea. Not one of them remained. But the people of Israel walked on dry ground through the sea, the waters being a wall to them on their right hand and their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Israel saw the great power that the Lord used against the Egyptians. So the people feared the Lord, and they believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. The following is the English translation of Pastor Meng Wu's teaching on the book of Exodus, chapters 13 and 14, translated by David. Read the Bible every day so you'll be full of faith. Let us review Exodus chapters 13 and 14. From chapters 13 to 14, we need to take notice of an important spiritual principle. That is, offering is the quickest way to grow spiritually. In chapter 13, it particularly speak of Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread. It repeatedly talking about it as the army of Israelites sets up and God especially told them how to observe this festival and how to observe this ceremony to make offerings. Not only do we make offering ourselves, but also we need to tell our sons to make offering, teach our children to step into their spiritual destiny by walking through two generations. Also on how we should guide our children into make offer and be consecrated to our God. This is the fastest way to grow in life. Let us look at chapter 13 of Exodus, verse 2. Consecrate to me all the firstborn. Whatever is the first to open the wound among the people of Israel, both of man and beast, is fine. In Egypt, all the firstborns were killed because they all belonged to the Lord. All of those who did obey God and did not get under his cover shall be killed. All the firstborn of Israelites are also belonging to God. If they do not understand what consecrating is to, to God, that means I understand I do not belong to myself, I belong to God, then will be kept and protected by the Lord. You need to pray. Lord, I offer myself to you. I give you the authority to rule over my life. Please guide and teach me how to walk in your predestined path for me. From verse 3 to verse 16, I'm talking about one thing. That is to commemorate Passover in the festival on unleavened bread and teach your children on what to eat. In verse 8 and 9, you shall tell your son on that day, it is because of what the Lord did for me when I came out of Egypt, and it shall be to you as a sign in your hand and as a memorial between your eyes, that the law of the Lord may be in your mouth, for with a strong hand, and the Lord has brought you out of Egypt. After that, it talks about offering that you can offer 
donkey as sacrifice. They had to be lambs. Any animal that carry heavy cargo do not qualify. Donkey is not clean. Need to use lambs today. Perhaps many of us are like donkeys. They are disobedient and stubborn. It carries heavy burden, walking in this world. We need to be like lambs. In verse fourteen, and when in time to come, your son asks you, "What does this mean?" You shall say to them, "By strong hand the Lord brought us out of Egypt, from the house of slavery." In verse sixteen, is talking about the same thing. It shall be a mark on your hands and frontlets. Between your eyes, and for a strong hand, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt. So, as soon as God led him out of Egypt, he wanted his people to remember Passover, make offerings, to teach their children to remember what God did. Victories sometimes may make us forget about spiritual principles. The evidence of victory, the joy of victory, and the satisfaction of victory. Often traps us into a state of contentment in the environment. From these three chapters, you will see how God teaches His children in such detail. After victory, He teaches you that you shall make offerings and dedications and learn His laws. This is God's way of teaching. The purpose of these festival is not just to celebrate the holidays, but to pass on God's deeds to our children. What are the deeds? Dedicate ourselves to God while eating the lamb and celebrating the date. Teach him the truth of consecration. Dedication is the most important principle for spiritual growth. We taught to a new believer. Don't be afraid to tell him or her the need to make offering, because you see, as soon as the Israelite came out of Egypt, God asked them to make offering. So don't be afraid to talk about offering. There's no need for them to know a little more or be a little more familiar with the church, when the seekers already understand the operation of the church and all. Don't think that you are asking for money as soon as they come to church. Who says that offering must be money? Consecration is surrendering your sovereignty to God, giving up the way that you teach and guide your own children with your own tendencies and old habits and ways. It means that you no longer belongs to yourself, that you have entered salvations and you belong to God. He saved you from Egypt. It is about lead your children to obey God's law and see His work as offering. So may the Lord bless us. Leave our Egypt and step into our calling as God's army. This first spiritual principle to learn is to dedicate yourself completely to God. To commemorate his deeds during consideration celebration, teach our children to make offering to God, honor his glorious deeds. Second spiritual principle we need to pray about is from verses seven to twenty-two. Lord, please let every step that I take in life, and every choice I make, at every crossroading crossroad in life, all habits and tendency I have in life. I shall I shall submit it all to your leadership. May you show me your guidance of your pillars of cloud and pillars of fire. At that time, God's leadership is so clear with the pillars of fire and cloud. But for us believers in the modern time, 
we don't see these pillars guiding us. Why? Because God's word is leading us now. His word has replaced the pillars that our naked eyes could see. Wouldn't it be much easier if it was that way? We just must follow the pillars. The Holy Spirit now lives within us. He replaces the weight of God's guidance, not with our naked eyes anymore. The second thing you must pray for yourself and your children is to, in the same with new believers of God, they must learn to petition to God to reveal to them His guidance for them. Ask for the Holy Spirit to highlight to us and ask the Holy Spirit to fill us inside in His confirmation in God's Word and in God's revelation in His Word. When I read the scriptures every day, Lord, use locusts and ramos in your, as your immediate guidance. If you need to tell the believers to come and gathering and start serving and share the gospel, if you only tell the believers to come to gathering and to start serving and share the gospels, seems like every church is doing that. You will soon realize that if this person did not dedicate him or herself to God completely and does not know how to walk in the Spirit to see the spiritual guidance from the Holy Spirit, including any constructions or even pruning the Holy Spirit is doing in you, without these, all we do with our hands are simply meaningless and it's all done in flesh. They will be gone in a flash. From verse 17 to 22, you will see the pillars of clouds and fire started to lead the Israel people. God did not lead them into a shortcut. God seemed to lead them around by the way of wilderness towards the Red Sea. Dear family, you must know God will always lead us to the best path. He never guides us to take the wrong path. It is not necess necessarily the shortest way to get to our destination. Your life, your marriage, your work and career, even your finances, or the teaching of your children, bring them all forth to God and ask Him to lead. He will lead you step by step, day by day, through His Word with the help of the Holy Spirit inside us. You will see He is a talking God. Following God's will is harder than understanding His will. You first decide if you are willing to obey God, His will, and then you follow His commitment. There's no compromising that I shall follow it completely. At such time, God will reveal to you and let you understand His will. If you are like someone who wants to know God's will first, and then you get to consider and think about choosing to obey or not, let me tell you, you will not understand His will. Only when you are completely out of Egypt, meaning out of this world, and dedicate yourself to God completely and believing His leadership and guidance, only then He will reveal His will to you. Verses 19 says, Moses took the bones of Joseph with him. For Joseph had made the sons of Israel solemnly swear, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones with you from here. The Israelite did not flee from Egypt like the refugees. Verses 20, 21, 22, God tells us that, And the Lord went before them by the day in the pillar of cloud and lead them along the way, and by night in the pillar of fire 
and give them light, that they might travel by day and by night. So why, why so harsh? Is it not enough we just travel during the day? Why also continue to travel at night? You must understand God's urgency for us to leave the bondage of this world. Imagine you have walked by day and by night. You may not have the energy to follow, right? Especially when traveling in the wilderness at night could be quite difficult. So you must have to build this over the fire and cloud to lead you. In verse 22 says that the pillars did not depart from the before people. Dear family, are you willing to walk with God day and night? During the time you follow God at night, you revere Him still. While at work, you seek His blessings, guidance, wisdom, and power. But what about the time after your work hours? Will you still seek the Holy Spirit's presence and assistance and provision? I often hear from brothers of their needs to seek God at work, but have to seek God the same after work. You see, brothers and sisters, seek the Lord for provision of all the hardship that you're going through. What about the time that when you rest on a holiday or even when you're home by yourself and just relaxing, will you still seek God for His guidance and support? The pillars of the clouds and the fire is telling us to quickly leave this world and leave Egypt and go into the wilderness and be alone with God. Chapter 14 Not only God did, lead, did not lead them to a shorter path, they were even lost. Wait a minute. If God is leading them, how is it possible that they will be lost? Sometimes God lead us to the wilderness. We realize that I am not sure what I'm doing these couple of years. Felt like my life has stopped progressing. As if I was led into a dilemma that I'm not sure what to do. It feels like I'm at this dead end and I'm wasting my life away here. Feeling like a lost person. If you must believe when you're truly dedicated yourself to God and it feels like you lost your way and not sure how long you'll be stuck here, you need to pray to the Lord. From now on, you lead me every step of the way. I trust you. I praise you. I submit to you. I let you lead every step in my life's journey. Let's look at verse 3 and 4. For the Pharaoh will say of the people of Israel, they are wandering in the land and the wilderness has shut them in. And I will hearten Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue them. And I will give glory over Pharaoh and all his host. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. What happened here? I thought God led the people around by the way to avoid battles. Not only we are lost, and now God allowed the Pharaoh to chase after us? And to glorify God's name? God, it feels like you have me in a rock and a hard place. That we went around wasting time and got lost. That is just fine. But now you lead us into dangerous situations. So you may get glory over the Pharaoh. Dear family, we often pray to God. May you get all the glory. I want to glorify you. I am grateful. I want to see the manifestation of your glory. But 
what if this glory is manifested when you know, we are chased by our or pursued by our enemy in trouble, like the Pharaoh? So he may get the glory. Would you still do it? So Lord, I must have security, peace, and trust inside of me. The path that you take on is never a wrong path. Even if when others think that I am lost and the enemies are attacking, I still will remain thankful. Lord, your name will be glorified over it all. Even if my own family, who are not believers, laughed at me, my foes will attack me, Lord, for your name to be, to be glorified. I shall praise you and praise you and through the praise and thankfulness and the full trust in God, even if the enemy is about to hunt us down, God's name shall still be glorified. We are willing and we are willing. Verse 5. When the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled and the mind of Pharaoh and his servants was changed toward the people, and they say, What is this that we have done that we have let Israel go from serving us? So what does that mean that the Israel people fled? Pharaoh, you wanted them to leave in the first place. People's minds change often. The Pharaoh changes his mind. The enemy changes their mind. The world changes its mind. Satan, the evil one, will not let us go. Even when we leave the world, the attacks will follow you. So as a Christian, if you do not dedicate yourself to God, on this journey of salvation, you have no idea how the evil one will attack you. If you believe in God and still want to do the things on your own, and you wouldn't even know what the enemy has swallow you in hold. Verses 11 to 12 says that they said to Moses, Is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us in bringing us out of Egypt? Is it not what was said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone and we may serve the Egyptians. So it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. These are kind of the hurtful things that people will say to God and to others when they are facing hard time. Remember they have, how, they have, how they had cried out to God and when they were suffering the slaves in Egypt, and Moses and Aaron told them that God has heard your cry out. And then they bowed to their heads and worshiped God to take them out. But now in the time of trouble, they say that they, you know, why didn't you just leave us alone to serve the Egyptians? It is better to die there than in the wilderness. So much better that way. It was not hard to follow God when the whole groups are going together. But as soon as they started focusing on the trouble at hand, and when they get fearful, God in chapter 13 told them that his hand is leading them. And they started doubt, doubting. If God has wronged them in, in taking them on the wrong path, then they stop praying, complaining and blaming and criticizing instead. Even after becoming a believer, you don't understand what it means to be free from sin. Many Christians, after they got baptized, they do not understand their freedom in Christ. They will miss their old lives in sin. They will miss the old happy lives that it was more colorful than out. 
now as a believer, I can do this and I can do that, in this gathering there and put up with things like that. There are lots of complaints inside in their words, complaining that I attended so many church gatherings when my life is full of challenges. That's because we did not live under the cover of the Passover in the unleavened bread and failed to consecrate and give thanks to God for His leadership and guiding us with spiritual pillars of cloud and fire. They thought after becoming a believer, all things would be smooth, that I have so much problem in life, and that's why I want to believe in Jesus. Dear family, after you believe Jesus, you are free from slavery, and now you are sons of God. Transform into an army from slavery, and you are transformed to priesthood, and from slavery, you are transformed into a new bride, and from slavery, but you are not yet mature. In your life, there has there's many gaps and immaturities. This who reflects what is happening to Christians today. May God have mercy on us. Look what Moses is saying. Fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. It is best to keep your mouth shut in a time of trouble, better than complaining. If you really need to express why you are feeling of your heart, how hard it is to hold it inside, then use praise and thanksgiving. Lord, I don't understand, but I thank you and I praise you. I'm feeling so bad, but I thank and praise you. Lord, nothing is working out for me, but I thank you and I praise your name. I praise for your leadership, your guidance. I praise your mighty power. I praise for you to manifest your glory above it all. So verses 15 to 18, God said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it, that the people of Israel may go through the sea on dry ground. Dear family, we're looking at two types of prayers. The Israelites' prayers and Moses' prayer. The Israelites' prayer is, crying out to God to save them, and then at the same time, they still lift up their eyes and focusing on their environment. Oh, God, help us. Egyptians are marching and coming close to us. God saved us. Moses' prayer, on the other hand, he continues to focus on God while crying out to him. The two prayers seem to be similar, but not yet yielding the same result. The Israelites' Prayer is full of fear and focusing on what they see. They no longer can hear what God is saying to them. When people are under distress and focusing on the problem, they can hear they cannot hear anything else. Some would say, I pray and I pray, and God did not answer my prayers. Not because God did not answer, it is because your eyes are focusing on the wrong things. Look at how Moses prayed. He cried out to God, save us, and his heart focuses on God, and he submit the burden or responsibility to God. He did not look at these Egyptians. He said, God, you are almighty, that you will manifest your power. I trust your leadership. And then God leads them. He says to Moses, why do you cry out to me? That all the people of Israel to tell 
the people of Israel to go forward. But where can you go? There's no road, just a sea in front. Sometimes we face this dilemma. No matter how hard you think, there's no way out. Would you have ever thought about the path under the sea? What people see is just the seawater in front. Someone who trusts God, he or she must put his or her rationality in logistic after faith. If you try to figure things out with logic first and then use faith, let me tell you, you will never work logistically and your faith will not increase. The way God leads is that your faith must go forth first. Lord, I believe I will obey completely. Then your rationality follows. Your rationality must be under your faith. If you always want to think about it first, you will never experience signs of wonders and miracles. Whenever you say, I believe, and tell your rational mind to step on it, the path will be open to you. The road will be revealed to you under the sea, and you will walk on dry land. Verses 17 and 18, God says, I will get glory over it all, and the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. So God have mercy on them. And the angel of God, who is going before the host of the Israel, move and win behind them. And the pillars of clouds move from before them and stood behind them. Lord, your word will always keep my faith, and your presence will keep me steadfast. That your mighty hand will protect me from getting killed. So you can pray to God. Please send the pillars of cloud to protect me and help me. And stop my wandering eyes looking at the enemy's pursuer. Keep my eyes on you and seek you only. God will do it. Because of the pillars of cloud, it blocked the view of the Egyptians' pursuers. They can see God's work. Today, you can also pray to the Lord. Not only you will open my eyes to see that there is a way under the sea, and I petition you to cover my eyes and not focusing on the environment and the hard things. Send the pillars to block the enemy's pursuer of my life and keep my focus on you. Verses 21 to 25, Moses stretched out his hand. The Egyptians got scared and said, Let us flee from Israel, for the Lord fights for them. And in verse 29, the people of Israel walk on dry ground through the sea, the waters being a wall to, to them and on the right hand and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptian dead on the seashore. Israel saw the great power that the Lord used against the Egyptians. So the people feared the Lord and they believed in the Lord and his servant Moses. This is the first time that Moses was called servant of the Lord in the Bible. Dear family, we can make a prayer. In the past, God saved Israel out of Egypt's pursuit. May Egyptian soldiers die in the sea so they can walk on dry land and be freed of this oppression and freed of killing, this killing pursuit. God is the same yesterday and today. Lord, 
I cry out to you. I am in this difficult situations. I don't know where to go in my life, whether it is the pursuit of debts or the pursuits of illnesses or the pursuits of the painful relationship or my marriage is calling me. In all these difficulties, you declare God's victory to declare that the Almighty One who freed Israel out of Egypt, the God of glory revealed in, in the Egyptians, please manifest your glory on me as well. Please also manifest your glory in all my difficulties. And all will know that you are the Lord and let my heart to know you. Help me. I wanted to be your servant. Help me. And my faith must follow you. I will respond in faith, Lord. May it be above my own logic, my struggles, my considerations. What I need to do is to respond to you in faith. Even if I am facing the Red Sea, you will turn to walls and I shall walk on dry ground. When the dangers are nearby, but the dangers can touch us. Pray to God like this. In the whole chapters 13 and chapter 14, the pillars of the cloud and the pillars of the fire will never lead you to the wrong path. That your prayer must be changed. No longer just crying out to God and still looking at the circumstances. Your prayer will only focus on God. Your prayer is to step on it with all your heart. And then your reasoning will follow. That we will see it step by step. And people all around us will know that He is our Lord, Jehovah.